Transcending the Veil. You had a question to me. Yeah, Nils, I know that you have been pursuing um, creating your own business for uh, a while now. I also know from your background that you have been involved in some kind of entrepreneurship in your uh, corporate life when you were still there. Um, what inspired you to become an entrepreneur? There's so many things that are coming to my mind right now, which is basically, I think, let, let's set the scene of what we're talking about. Because first of all, we're using the word entrepreneurship, right? Which there yep. is already a connotation attached to it, which yeah, I'm okay. guilty of as well. And I think everyone else as well. And there is a bit of, yeah, in the recent few years, probably in the Western world, entrepreneurship is something yeah that is talked about a lot. So, what, first of all, what, what is the angle that you're asking the question from? What, what is your intention of, you know, what, what, what drives you to ask this question? Exactly, what, what is your drive right. for this question? Okay, my, my reason for asking this question is I get inspired when I hear your stories, how you connect uh, with people in your local community uh, that is in this, like, let's call it startup community. I am very inspired by that. But I'm also asking because I have myself wanted to be self-employed for many, many years. And I've been trying many, many different ways of doing that and creating uh, just small businesses that can just run by itself on like, let's call it passive income. I've not reached that state yet. Uh, however, I've done a lot of experiments, but I've been doing that as a thing in my spare time, mm. even though I have been wanting and hoping, of course, that this kind of new venture that I would be pursuing this experiment, let's say uh, I've, I've been looking into e-commerce and drop shipping and, and, and that road, and I've not really found the success that I anticipated, but I've been able to do that while I've had my uh, my jobs in the corporate world as a, as a side hobby, as a side thing. And um, so I'm, I'm used to this kind of, um, let's say, being in the corporate world or have a good, a good job, like a, like a salary slave, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just using it because I'm I'm just you know, making fun of myself here. But essentially, coming from a, a mind where I am employed by someone, someone pays me the salary. This is the, the reason I'm asking you about your pursuit of this um, self-employment or small business or co company that you want to build. So this is this is the reason I'm asking you from this perspective that. Most people are uh, probably not thinking of becoming self-employed or starting their own business. So what made you pursue this? What inspired you to, to do this? Yeah, okay. So the, to, the final answer would be, this is actually only a byproduct of what I'm pursuing in my life, okay? But there are intermediate steps how I get to this answer. Because obviously the, the first answer is that um, throughout my life, I started to discover that this type of work, what you could put under the umbrella of an entrepreneurial uh, work is something that really resonates with me. That is really where I see my energy quadruple, right? That is, um, I, I had two startups in the past and that is, they were in totally different areas in either one was a physical product, the other one was a digital product um, and in totally different sectors. And it didn't matter to me whatsoever what the product was about. Right, it needed to align with my ethics. Okay, that's clear. 
um, but it hadn't to do anything with my professional background. Right? It was totally different from my professional background. Yet the type of work of looking into, I would say, you know, holistically into one topic where you need to manage everything from the technical solution to, you know, how is the market entry? How does the money system work within that? Because essentially you're talking about business, right? How is the, the cash flow working and all of that? So you needed to look at every single thing. And then obviously you need to get your experts that do certain things. But for me, what always drove me was this overarching view of everything to because that is inert in me in my personality I'm I'm driven by understanding the complexity of a symphony how everything works together right that that is what I naturally I'm interested in and that is my drive so if things become too small I'm, I'm not interested anymore right um so I, I like this this approach, and so that that is sort of the first answer. I I started to understand that this type of work is something that I like, right? So that that is why why I got into this uh, more sort of focus on this type of work. And what, um, speci- but, what what specifically do you like about this? Um, because I uh, I've known you now for some time, and I know like myself, you get a lot of ideas, right? And uh, according to traditional organizational uh, development, there are um, different stages of entrepreneurship or self-employment or creating your own business where essentially people, um, some people are pioneers, that they are getting the ideas, they are starting it up, and that's where they get their energy. They're not getting their energy from the... the uh, uh, remaining part of of the life cycle of a product, meaning you know, the operations part uh, eventually. But there's the pioneers, and then there's the 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 usual uh, operations part. So which mm-hmm. part are you in, if you can? <laughs> yeah, very clearly the first part, right? Yeah, I um, that is sp- particularly my. That is what I realized about myself in the during the first startup is I managed to build this entire um, process how things need to work and then it was ready and it, I, I shipped out the first products at that point I got bored because that was the point of scaling the business and making actually money with it I, I managed how to in my mind how everything needs to work and I manifested into this world and I had a physical product. And, you know, customers started to be happy and so on with the sort of test products, the first that I shipped out. And then I realized, right, now it's just a matter of scaling that business in order to get an income out of this. And I realized I'm absolutely not at all interested in making money. It's very bizarre because I always thought this is my way into becoming self-employed or building my own company. But I realized I have no drive whatsoever to earn money. Is I, I, I'm very interested in understanding these things and building something new, yes. But I would need to have a business partner to commercialize it. Because mm. that is not me. Yeah. Um, so for me, it is really that building something new um and then but what i said earlier it it really is tied to your ethics because the the second startup is where i was building also something new and it still doesn't exist in this world we had a world's first and it's still you know it's back in the drawer It's, it's not public um but we developed a technology and I started to speak to governmental organizations and I got a view because it, I built it in a way that right, is um, in a very positive way, I would say. But what I started to realize it when when you build some type of interesting technology, it can always be used in one approach, but it can always be used 
in the opposite approach. And that is something very interesting in, in, in when you talk about security technology. Um, and that was going against my ethics. So that is why I sort of shied away from making this product public. And um, because I saw, obviously, on, on the money side again, I saw the potential of the money. And two years later, I realized that the biggest venture capital investment was exactly in the area I was working in. So right. So from from a capitalistic viewpoint, I thought, hmm, yeah, I, I had the technology and I could have made money with it. But it was going against my ethics. So I was not interested whatsoever in pursuing that further. Um, so for me, it's definitely to answer your question it is certainly is the first part building something new. Um, but it is strongly tied to your ethics. So so that is the, the inert drive why why I'm doing it. But all of these experiences so far for me are leading towards my final answer because I see entrepreneurship as a byproduct of what I do. It is um you oh, know it it is and let's let's dive into that because I, I want <clears throat> I want to ask you about um this belief that we are pure energy, we are here as someone called it soul having a human experience. Mm. In that context, what does this pioneering work mean to you? We talk about ethics and I think that's very related to, um, let's call it uh, spirituality and, and waking up to your own personal values. So my, my question is, how do you see this kind of um, research or product development that uh, I interpret what you're saying as, how do you see that in a larger perspective? Hmm. Yeah, how large do you want to go? Because the way I currently understand it is that... Let's, let's try to let's hmm. let's try to have, see it on a, on a human level first. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then, and because I want to make it tangible for people to understand, okay, what is what is the journey here? What is what is the reason for you doing this and bringing your gifts to to this world to this reality yeah that's and i think that is the major um focus point of our discussion how to make it tangible because that is i haven't got the words for you right now and we need to have a conversation in order to make it tangible but let's try and do that together um for me It is really the journey of understanding who you are, right? And that that leads obviously into a very big picture of why we are energy and so on and how consciousness interacts with us and how we think and how we, wherever the thoughts are coming from, we manifest into this world. But it was really is a journey of self-discovery. And that is entrepreneurship I see as maybe not a side product, but it is if you are inclined to manifest information into this world, entrepreneurship is a, first of all, a construct that we use, it is something uh, you know, what we think of when we say entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. um, but it is sort of a mechanism of kind of working, which ties into a, into my way of discovering who I am. Um, so for me, it is really, yeah, this, you know, understanding complex situations, um, how everything works together. And that, you know, that also leads into, you know, why we're doing this podcast, right? It is in the very beginning, when we got to know each other, we, I think, sort of what combines us or what matched us together was we just both have a drive to look behind the curtain of things, right? Behind the curtain of life, uh, you know, transcending the veil goes in that, you know, the name goes in that direction is kind of, we have an, an inert drive to look behind things, how things really work. And that is where you see that you're different to other people or to many people. Um, and then the question is, right, if you not only want to understand things, but also put things together in a complex way, 
how do you manifest that in this world, right? You, you can do that in a business aspect, which is then described as entrepreneurship, but you can also do that as an author, right? Yeah, like a creative, creative yeah. aspects, like writing, yeah. painting, singing. Exactly. It's also, an expression, right? Yeah, you can also be an artist. Yeah. I, I haven't lived out my artistic life or my, my artistic self yet. It may come. It might be a combination of entrepreneurship and artistic thing. I, I have no idea. But for me, this is the same quality that we talk about in entrepreneurship. It is these complex things putting into understandable things, right? In, into mechanisms that work. That is exactly, I, I find it fascinating with um, book it, books that have been written. For example, The Alchemist. Right when when you read that book, I read through that book and I said, right, this is exactly what I've experienced in the past twelve months. I know exactly what he's talking about, but I couldn't put it in words for everyone to understand it. Mm. And this capability, I'm fascinated by. I'm I'm not an author, but he is an author, and he managed to do that. I yeah. see more my qualities in you know entrepreneurship or. There might be an artistic side coming out of me soon as well, because there is a feeling something is there, and I don't know how it is going to be integrated. So that's why I say it is part of the journey of discovering yourself. If if you say right, you know, I, I'm only focusing on entrepreneurship. That certainly, I don't think is the full picture of understanding yourself, because then you're you're narrow viewed already, yeah, and constrained within that construct in that capitalistic approach to manifesting things and that leaves out many aspects of yourself um so that's why i say it is that question that you initially asked me might be redundant because in the end what we talk about is self-discovery and it manifests into this world through various frameworks that we give names to yeah in the end it is it is that journey really so if if and and I think that is kind of, and we personally talked about this a, a few times already between, you know, your approaches of, you know, what you try to create and the things that I create. Um, you can't approach it by just looking at it from a capitalistic point of view, because then it doesn't work because there's more attached to it. And then, then it very quickly leads into that what we wanted to avoid, first of all, talking about uh, how does this all work in the larger sense, right? This kind yeah. of how does it work to get to ideas and how they manifest into well thoughts and then reality, hopefully later on into physical reality, I mean, or physicality. Um, and that for me is the entire journey that we're on. So in that, that, that construct, that's how it all works. Um. I was thinking about the, um, you mentioned capitalism, and we live in a reality where money is currently needed, as we know it, so we we need money to do the things that we love to do. Um, How how do you see, how, how to bridge this desire to manifest ideas and express yourself that way creatively whether it's uh, artistically or it's let's say developing a product <clears throat> how do you how do you take the step to actually um you know ensure or bridge that that you need to make money out of this for me the problem lies in the question because the question is very money driven. And the absolute weirdest thing, and I need to admit, I'm not a master of this yet. But I've seen, I started to think things that it can work differently. So the question comes from the point of right. Essentially, you want to create something that it needs to generate money in order to support you. Well, that is the fundamental yeah. assumption. Yeah, sure. As long as we have money in this world, yes. It works, yeah. But then the other question is, 
can you believe in something, build something and don't think about money? Because you have the underlying knowledge that money will come anyway. Okay. All right. Okay. Which is totally different. And I, I really need to admit, I'm not there yet. But the more I look into it, what you see is the money just will come as preposterous as it sounds. But if you really work in your energy, it will come. Okay. Um, I know you and I have talked about the um, channelings of Bashar. Hmm. And uh, Bashar is channeled by Daryl Anka. Daryl Anka, I think his name is. Yeah. And one of his many, uh, laws of manifestation is something in the line of follow your bliss without concerning uh, you know the, the commercial aspects of it. Yes. Yeah. And this, I think this this is what it comes to mind when you say something like this, and is it really trusting that whenever you follow your highest uh, your highest good uh, without considering earning money on it without having that commercial interest in it, but you just follow your heart. You just follow, uh, you, you manifest without any, um, agenda. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So there's this trusting part that the, the abundance part that I'm also, of course, uh, if I could survive without money doing what I love to do. Wow. What a world, right? Mm. Well, see, you know, you, you were talking about something and then you were talking about it from your perspective and you already put a constraint on there because you already um, said, what if, right? But no, just do. I know it's tricky and that is the tricky part because that is the part that I stumble upon my own feet on my path because I'm very quick at thinking, right, I need to earn money with this at some point. And that is exactly the point where you have constrained yourself and I, and it doesn't work. But if you ever manage to get into the situation of just doing, because that is where your energy is, then it will flow. Okay, let's like, let's make yeah. this more tangible. Yeah, okay. Right. So let's say, let's talk about food, mm. right? So at one point we have bread in our house, right? But eventually we're running out of bread because we're eating of it every day. Mm -hmm. right? uh, if I'm an artist, I paint pictures, yeah. example, right? I love doing that. Yeah. I love writing. I love making music. Yeah. But... I still need food on my table. Yes. Right. And I know I can see that the bread is shrinking every day. I, I mm -hmm. you know, eat from it. So eventually I'll have to use my logic and sense and say, okay, I need more bread. I need to support myself in some way. Yeah, right. Let, let's go directly into this. So what are your thoughts on this? It is fear driven. What you're talking about is a fear driven approach. Because you're not free approaching this topic. Right, you already, f you already, you're driven by scarcity, right? The fear of scarcity that things yeah, run yeah, out. Sure. That sure. is the underlying current theme that we're talking about. Ignore that. Well, it's not about ignoring because when you ignore it, it will manifest in a bad way. Um, uh, the, the the topic is to understand it and to manage to live in just in your creative world. You're talking about being a painter, for example, right? Let, let's use that. Mm -hmm. Don't think about the bread. Just immerse yourself in the energy of creating a painting. Mm -hmm. That is all what matters. Once you do that, you, you should not put the bread and the the monetary outcome of a finished painting together because that is essentially the tie that you've made 
right? And that is how capitalistic world works, right? You, you have a product and you get a reward, which is money. And that is how you buy the bread. And, you know, and you approach it from a way, right? We look at the bread and with time it, diminish, it diminishes. So within that time frame, you need to create a product in order to get money in order to buy new bread. That is Second. the underlying logic, right? Yeah, that's fear-based. I, I acknowledge it, that. First of all, to think in that way that you need the money is fear-based, right? Um, yet the mechanism is a capitalistic mechanism, right? So you, you are in a construct of this capitalistic mechanism that you're thinking, and that's why you derive at a fear-based approach of scarcity, and that's why... You, you can't work with the universe because the universe doesn't work in that way. It hasn't got that logic, right? The universe will work in that way that you fully immerse in your own energy in order to create that painting and the money will come in ways that you cannot imagine because it is not linked in that simple logic way. And I haven't understood the universe and I don't know if anyone has. But, you know, you, you're talking about Bashar and we, we can obviously then we need to throw into the bucket of any and all of the channelings and all of the wise texts that we have in spirituality when we talk about the concept, concept of the universe, consciousness and how everything is linked together. Um, but what we start to realize from these types of information is that there is, this logic doesn't apply, but it is an energy exchange that really happens. And our simple logic of well, selling something, getting money and buying bread is a mechanism that we can work with in order to adhere to um, to capitalism, yes, or in, at least in our simple logic on, on this 3D world. But in the end, what you will realize is it doesn't matter if you get the money from selling that painting or if that painting, for example, right, let's explore what could happen to give sort of a concrete example. You could paint a painting. What could happen? Um, someone will see that painting and will invite you to their place, right? And you will right. get bread there. Right. Bottom line is you will have bread the next day. You didn't perfect. buy it yourself, but you get it in a totally perfect. different framework. Yeah, and perfect. this is kind of how I see and understand it these days is my problem is that I think I need to sell something in order to get income in order to buy my thing in kind of that mechanism how I used to live my world. But no, the, the matter is the underlying thing is I need something to eat tomorrow and I need to have a place tomorrow. But by what means does not matter whatsoever. It can be someone inviting you, either due to that painting or due to absolute something different what happened in your life, you know? Yeah, sure. sure. And, and I think the tricky thing which doesn't is not logic for us is that due to yourself immersing into your own energy will have an effect in the universe that, that it talks back to you and give you that bread tomorrow. And it is not through the mechanism of selling it, earning money but it is a different one. But the bottom line is you realize, oh, hang on, I didn't earn money, but I have money and I got the bread and I have a place to sleep. Yeah. But through a totally different mechanism. And yeah, that sure. is kind of the th key thing really of how it can start to flow. And then you are in this flow state and then these strange things happen of synchronicities that are just abundant and things just start to happen but not through the mechanism of how we started out this conversation right <clears throat> so while you've been been um, uh, speaking i was thinking of my own scarcity mindset or <clears throat> um yeah the the thought came up like mm, well I've been um, taught uh, about budgeting, right? And in in a company, we have budgets, right? And budgeting means that you you can make some kind of forecast for the future. And that's that's uh, uh, you know a mind thing that you okay you have to anticipate the uh, 
living costs for the next couple of months, right? And looking at this spread that is shrinking every day, logically, you'll have to come to a point and say, I need to find, using your way of thinking, I need to find another way of, I need food. I need, I need something to provide me with food and shelter. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's, it's very difficult because I have, uh, well, I think many people have been brought up in this uh, capitalistic mindset saying that I need to work to have money to, to buy what I need to do. Mm-hmm. I, I, love, I love your aspect of changing that mindset, but still it takes a lot of um, letting go of old paradigms. Yes, and that, that is when we talk about practical approaches, this is the key thing to work on to, to let go of old habits, right? It is it is conditioning really that we live in, right? We are conditioned by our upbringing, which is parents, school, society, and that is we, we are conditioned by the mechanisms how apparently the world works. But you know, we, we can go beyond the Western world and we see that the world also works differently, right? To, yeah. So it is really the, the conditioning that we need to free ourselves on. And I'm fully conditioned by this as well. And this is my biggest problem. Yes, I, I see that as well, that my money can go down. Um, but the key thing is to understand and look beyond it. And that is probably the most tricky part. Um, but they, this is the key point, really, because if you don't go beyond it, then, then it doesn't, you know, all what I said doesn't work and doesn't make sense. It's totally understandable. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that for me is really the key point to work on. Um, there's another aspect that uh, I have experienced myself, which is, let's call it uh, the gift economy. So um, let's say, again, back to the artist. I've created a beautiful painting. And um, I want to exchange that for something that will provide me some kind of value. Hmm. Right. And let's say someone really loves this painting and offers me two chicken. Is that in plural chickens? I don't know. And well, what can I use a chicken for? Well, if they lay eggs, that's abundance right there. Yeah, and I'd like to draw an analogy to that because that is kind of in essence what, what we're talking about is, right? We we can either go out and have something and sell it to someone or we can gift it to someone. And through that process, you might receive some information that will not directly give you money, but it will lead you to a new place where you then will get something, Right. Sure. This this is how the way I currently see it definitely in my life that how things start to happen where I get sort of the result through like two intermediate points of information exchange and meeting new people and then I get sort of that what I was always looking for from a third person that I didn't even imagine to get it from right but definitely that is and that that for me is sort of yeah overcoming the logic and just trust in the universe that you will just get the information that you need and you always get it just from in from places where you can't imagine um yeah i was i was wondering nils if you had any uh, from your uh, let's call it spiritual practices how would people like myself undo this conditioning, this human conditioning and um, start believing in, in our creator aspect of, of life. How, you know, any, any practical uh, or spiritual practices that you know of, any energy work or? Uh, I would say it is very simple psychology, really. We, 
when we're talking about flow state, you, from a psychology perspective, you are very relaxed. If you're not relaxed, it doesn't work, right? Um, if you're not relaxed, you if you're under stress, you naturally go into the fight or flight scenario, right? And to get out of fight or flight is meditation, right? As a, as a very now being very simple and pragmatic it is not the full story, but right, you you either in stress you go into fight or flight naturally. But the thing is, there is even a third stage, right? If you get even under more stress, you can either go into the freeze state or into what is more called the pleasing state, where you start to please people around you. Um, and I think the first key thing is to understand in what state are you actually living in right now? Are you fight or flight or are you actually living in a free state where you sort of just function mechanically function in the way that you've been taught the universe works and for me i need to admit i've lived over a decade in the freeze state right there is a book by by i think it's a doctor or professor whatever um he he written about this concept and Understanding this, I think, is very helpful because I don't think, at least I have not been in a relaxed, natural state. But to understand in what state you are, and then out, out of that free state, is, is not meditation, actually. And that is, for me, very interesting to realize, is because when you talk in this sort of spiritual world, there's a lot of talk about meditation, uh, yoga and I was always frustrated that it never worked with me yeah but for me I understood I'm not in in a psychological mindset where meditation helps because mm -hmm. I'm beyond that I'm in that free state where I just functioned yeah but so, I think there's also a lot of misconceptions about meditation right yeah okay sorry and i'm throwing many things or i'm not talking about many other aspects of obviously my personality why but this i think is is one sort of concept to think about what mental state i am right if if i'm in free state the the, the way to get out of that is uh motory functions essentially so movement right right mm -hmm. maybe call it sport or walking or whatever um so it is it is an active motory active approach in order to get out of the free state and then you get into that fight or flight state and then you can use meditation to calm down and then you can achieve the relaxed state um so that is was interesting for me to realize and and might be interesting for people to to look into to understand what mental state do they actually live in because yeah. you can you can talk enough about flow state and all of that, but if you're in a totally different mental state, it is pointless. You first need to get out of that state, and then obviously for me is kind of all of those topics that is what what you learn. And I think that is different for every person because some people are very intuitive and understand themselves, and I'm more the person that tries to analyze things. So for me, the tools from external resources are helpful but helpful in a way that i it doesn't provide me the direct answer for example astrology human design highly sensitivity add or adhd are for me sort of door openers to look into various aspects of my own personality mm -hmm. um I, and i don't regard those aspects that i learned through those these approaches as answers but as sort of doors to look into certain perspective of my personality. And from that, you start to understand how you function. And then you, you, you are in a so vast and complex understanding of yourself that you understand, right, that there are no standard approaches that help, that every single person is so individualized and so complex that you need to figure it out yourself. You cannot run to people, to masters, to gurus that give you this one approach that works. No, it is your fucking journey that you're on to understand yourself. 
Um, and that is then slowly leading towards you understanding how it works for you. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> um, emotional intelligence actually uh, comes to mind when you talk about this. Um, part of the concept of emotional intelligence is becoming aware of yourself. Mm. And uh, it, let's just call it self-awareness mindfulness and getting to know the state of emotions you uh well what, what is your current state of emotion uh is beneficial to know about and yeah i think within the last two years i've stumbled upon uh, emotional intelligence um popularized by uh, an american uh, psychologist called Dan, uh, daniel goldman and um the self-awareness also um, is um, a way, um, a practical way to start diving into your own personal values, starting to um, do exercises, as you said, like uh, for you it's important with, with physical activity or motion. For others it might be different. But that requires some some insight into yourself and, and really deep diving into what what triggers these scenarios that either is a flight or fight or the freeze state or this the stress state uh, and and being able to take that step back to have that uh, I don't know if it's called capability or skill or mindset to take a deep breath and just take a step back and see things from a new perspective right i i like this uh, approach that uh, that you gave that for you it's important um you found out recently that having this uh, physical activity going for a walk or uh, just motion uh, is important for you to get out of uh, a state that is not beneficial for you mm. yeah is is re a recent discovery and it's interesting because it's a combination of many things really because um there are aspects of things in my life which i couldn't quite put the finger on but they now fall into place for example right for me a telephone call i always do while walking and it's something with my body like sitting down it, it will numb down my thoughts right um I also now looking back into my life, many things that were sort of pushing people beyond their limits were boring to me. And it was quite interesting for me, I realized that uh, when uh, I w in the UK, I was in sort of a graduate trainee program, sort of, you know, those big company high potential programs. And you did these team exercise and in the uk there's a place called outward bound where you send all those people and you do sort of activity in the wild and this kind of team building team bonding discovering yourself and there was another guy and he he was uh, very much into sports and we were looking at each other you know it doesn't push our buttons here it really doesn't it's kind of is more boring than our sporting activity we do in our spare time mm. so it doesn't trigger us in no way it, you know you, you don't get into that mental state of limit where where you want to see how you function at the limit it, it just doesn't and then i thought you know i always quite often and people want to do there was a date i was on and that was like way back and she wanted to do something a bit more extreme and for me it was just you know okay I, i'm gonna do it with you but i i don't need to i i didn't admit but it was boring for me as um mm. and i started to re for me i always perceived it as yeah for me many things are boring that what other people find interesting um and what also was interesting for me is when when i started to learn free diving which is a really extreme sport which I never perceived it in, in that way, but, you know, I started reading about what it is and so on. And then I saw it categorized as a, as extreme sport, and I thought, 
Okay, this this is a bit extreme using these extreme words, but okay, fair enough if people say it's an extreme sport. And this was the own through free diving was the only way I managed to be self centered. I I had the experience of absolute bliss and self centeredness ten meters below water without the possibility to breathe. Um, so for me, I slowly started to understand that I need to have extremely high trigger points in order to see achieve things that other people can achieve through meditative states, through calmness, and so on. And I, I'm very, and that's why many things don't work for me, which is taught in spiritual approaches. I, I need to have a very extreme approach to things i need you know extreme inputs um and that for me was my personal journey and when when you then look into the topic of add or adhd um and i think ah right i start to understand now that i'm just differently wired i i don't want to say uh, it's, i think it's a bit because add is also a hyped up topic right now the recent years or ADHD that everyone seems to have it now. Um, but for me, it is a perspective to look into things to understand how the trigger points in your brain work. And that for me helped a lot in, you know, now pieces are falling into place for me slowly of understanding no, you know, I cannot constrain myself to have a, a daily routine in a certain way because people say it's beneficial for you and I do it and then I go crazy after a week because I've, I feel like no, it, it just doesn't work for me. Um, I go mental with this where it, for other people it clearly helps, right? Mm. So I think it is a matter of really being honest with yourself a lot and really, you know, because what I find interesting when I look back at my life is I did many things intuitively already in a certain way, but then I stopped doing them because society was telling me, no, you need to do it this way, right? But I should have followed my own or trusted myself more and just did it the way that I felt was right because that would have led me onto my natural habitat, which now I start to learn totally differently because now I realize, you know, there are so many things I did in my life were... I did it because society taught me to or big companies taught me to how we needed to work or I thought I understood how work needs to be done. But I'm now starting to realize that no, I, I need a totally set up, totally different setup in my, my environment in order to function properly. And then it will result into amazing things. And that what I just start to discover, right, that my efficiency and output it's kind of I can quadruple it very quickly if I have a totally different setup in my daily life than I used to have. Um, so it is the the mechanism is really self honesty and starting to understand in what mental states you are from a psychology perspective and so on. And then you you, you slowly start to understand your personality. And that that's why you know then we're back at the beginning sort of it is your personal journey really right understanding yourself that will lead you to this yeah <clears throat> that's a good point getting back to the original question about entrepreneurship or becoming self-employed or starting your own business or whatever let's let's call it entrepreneurship um again so what for people out there that have listened to this conversation that we just had about uh entrepreneurship, abundance, trusting the universe and changing the mind and having some perhaps some spiritual or practices every day or getting to know yourself even more. Um, what would be your final take on, you know, any advice for people who are just starting up and starting, want to start their own business? Well, the simple advice is don't. Because the approach is, um, I, I see, I see again the the problem in the question itself. Because if you have the desire, and, and I need to admit, this is how I started as well, right? 
Um, I had because I started from from a very practical approach of understanding that my job is not my job, and then I started to realize no, what I thrive is, uh, what I thrive in is is to build things, and then I understood all right, this is called entrepreneurship. So I, you know I went into this approach, but it it didn't work in the past for me, right? I only understood this is my type of work, but that essentially led me into the question of. Who am I? Who the fuck am I? What is my purpose? So approaching it in the way, right, how, how do I approach building my own business in the, in the best way? I think it's wrong. It is, it is a trigger point to ask you further, who am I? What am I really? What really is my purpose? You know, what are my values? What's, what are my ethics? And on that journey, discovering yourself, you will naturally create something, right? Because by understanding yourself inwards, you will manifest it on the outside. And that may result in something that you could, could call entrepreneurship. But it may, as, as we touched on, right, to give concrete examples, could be producing some artistic outcome, either in, like in an author, in a book, in, in paintings, in music right but the the key thing is if you approach entrepreneurship i would say don't do it right um but if that leads you on to questioning who you really are and then through that manifesting yourself in this world i think that is the way to go at least that is my journey and i believe you know it, it is again my journey and i can't say it is the right journey for anyone else but just to that question of how to approach entrepreneurship, that is how I would approach it. And that is how it works for me. Because in the end, it is, I'm not doing entrepreneurship. I've started to discover myself. And through that, I manifest in an entrepreneurial world, in entrepreneurial way as well. But it is not really the main thing I do. Absolutely not. It is discovering myself. Wow.